If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far... I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, listen. Other than these squeaky ass chairs. Yeah. Mm. It's not my fault. They were born in the 80s just like me. Are you squeaky? I'm a squeaky ass chair, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to One Upsmanship. We are your co-hosts as usual. Yes. Uh, If if this didn't start with the line, I'm a squeaky ass chair, then Mike has failed at his job. Right. I'm Adam Ganser. We're doing this wrong. I'm Michael Swain. That third voice you hear peeping up is our very special guest, Mr. Tom Ryman. Hi. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming, Tom. Thanks for having me. Sorry I'm late. (laughs) Nobody needed to know, Tom. Yeah. We weren't even going to bring it up. I wanted them to know. God damn it. I wanted them to know. I was walking back back from 7-Eleven. Coming up my stairs. We release our recording schedules and timestamp all of our sessions. So people, yeah, people are on top of that shit. Yep. Today we are covering, did we decide on Bioshock Infinite or Bioshock? Infinite. Infinite, Infinite. yeah. Okay. And I think that's appropriate. Yeah. Which we'll get into in the speed run, I assume, but I think it has the most cultural impact these days, right now. It's certainly, in some ways, prescient, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, you mean Uh plot-wise? Uh-huh. Yeah, narratively, yeah. I just meant System Shock didn't have the sales it had. It had, and so like, sure. I don't know. Even though a lot of people, I think, respect, especially gamers, the whole franchise, Bioshock Infinite crossed over into like mainstream. Everyone, I everyone played that. I feel like Bioshock was one of those games. Well, we should talk about this in the rant portion, uh, which I'm happy to. Do you want me to speed run this? Does I Tom think want we just passed this? our first checkpoint. I don't know what Ooh. any of these are. And entered the speed run in our format. Speed run <laughs> is the quick synopsis of the game. Oh. That you have to do as quickly as possible. Otherwise, a horrible punishment befalls you. Mm. And uh, what do we have prepared for our punishment today, Adam? Oh, it's just going to be fisticuffs. It's just going to be straight up fist beating. Actual bludgeoning. We just hit you in and about the head. Unless you in can and around the face. We're not even going to pretend that that isn't the point of this podcast. I'm not even going <laughs> to put 
Our feelings aside about that. So here to not get hit in the head with a racially motivated baseball is Tom explaining Bioshock Infinite. Start the clock. Okay, uh, a racist Mormon essentially builds a floating uh, city in the sky, and then this guy, the character you play as, is a, a Pinkerton who has to go rescue this woman who's been kidnapped and put there, but it turns out that there are many parallel worlds, and he's actually her father from a parallel world, so he's coming there to rescue her, and it turns out that he's actually the racist Mormon guy as well. And then in the end of the game, as all these revelations come around, your, your daughter from many worlds, her many worlds versions, come and drown you in the river. <laughs> where you were baptized and became the racist Mormon. Yeah. Period. Pretty good. That's Game time. over. That was <laughs> nice. A nice, a nice mean summary. And it was solely story-based. I have yeah. a feeling we're going to agree a lot. I like this. That's, well, the story is what makes this game. Well, it, but technically it's an FPS. Yeah. It's first-person shooter. It came out With in uh, 2013. 2013. It scored a 94% on Metacritic, mm-hmm. which is very high. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, pretty high. Adam follows the reviews very closely. I always follow them because I think that that informs to some degree where we're coming from to talk about this game. It gives. I think it's a good. I do. I do that too on other podcasts, which I don't have to plug. Mm-hmm. But it's plug a good way, my friend. <laughs> what are the names of those podcasts? Well, right now it's just best bad movie ever. Yeah, <laughs> on them pops over. Yeah, it's it David Bell and I. Um, but I sometimes point to the Metacritic because it's a good idea to get sort of. Like what the contemporary feeling of the game was, mm-hmm. yeah, or the or the movie. The advantage the of this, the advantage that we have on this podcast, one upsmanship, is that we get to come in whenever we want, like white hot lightning, and decide what the actual answer was, which is what we're going to do with this. Well, game. I would say that I feel that it's a reviewer or analyzer of arts, yeah, prerogative to have a unique individual relationship with that piece of art, right? Agreed. I'm not going to like do what the review tell think the, what no, the for review sure. tells me. No, for sure. That's why we but that's why I bring it up because it you can frame You're this just telling me what Psychonauts is 84? It is. And yeah. I'm like 84 oh, Metacritic. Well, that doesn't not make it 100 that's, in my heart. Well, it still means that it was a well-regarded game when it was released. Yeah, that's, that, true. that's all I look yeah. at Metacritic for. Exactly. So, so we yeah. know at the time what the general feeling about the Generally, thing if a, was. If a game is above like 87 on Metacritic, it's considered a massive success, mm-hmm. like in a terms lot of, of critical claim. I think a lot of develop not developers, but like publishers incentivize their development teams with that. Like you get a bonus if it has an X yes. Metacritic score. On Metacritic, wow. Yes. And we could get into the video game journalism industry for hours. But if we weren't too busy passing our next checkpoint, blink, blank, we're saved. And that takes us into the rant portion of our show. Yeah. Where we're each basically, this is where you really get into opinion. Okay. Uh, just each give a little spiel on. Our progress is saved though, right? I don't it have is. to do that synopsis yeah. again. No, if you no. fuck it up, the synopsis is still in place. Sweet. That's the benefit of the checkpoint system. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, player one, two, yeah, three. We're going to go through and give uh, our uh, off the cuff opinion of the game. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. I thought a lot about this game in prep for this podcast, and here's what I would say. It has a great prologue, a great epilogue. It's an average game between those two things. Um, I do think the character of Booker is one of the better contributions to a first-person shooter's character because he's not a blank slate. There's so many first-person shooters like Halo, like you know Call of Duty, where Bioshock the character... Bioshock 1. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Bioshock that's 1. Wo- that's woven into the narrative. Of right, where the character is nothing. Yeah. The character is intentionally anybody. This game made, I think, a cool, bold choice to make the person you play somebody. And that somebody was 
in some ways a cliche, regretful fucking post-Simeon Soprano character, but I didn't hate him, and I thought he was interesting. And he had a specific history, yeah. Yes. I found I thought this game was worse than Bioshock, which I think is an excellent game. Um, I think that it did not deliver some of the things that make Bioshock fun as much as Bioshock did, or even Bioshock 2 did, and by that I mean gunplay, cool fucking psychic powers. Those things were not as good in this game as they are in the previous iterations. Um, but the fact that there is a sort of Americana cult was at that time a really interesting idea and now fucking haunting. And that I think you have to take into account. And uh, I had a blast playing it. I played it four different times. So there's, I, I would say I have mixed reviews now five years after it came out. Yeah, I, the, I think we can't un- overestimate how amazing the tone and the world and the yes. story is because yeah. for me, the moment when I, my whole rant boils down to the moment when you walk around the corner and mm-hmm. a floating uh, group of barbershop quartet singers is doing Do God the only knows by yeah. the beach boys. Oh, that's right. It's, it's the, the beach, beach boys. boys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That amalgam. It's like its own unique version of steampunk combined with Ayn Randian philosophy, mm-hmm. which was system shock. His name was what? What was the main antagonist? It sounds like Ayn Rand. Andrew Ryan. Andrew Ryan. Andrew Ryan Bioshock. And Bioshock. So it's like yeah. you're not even trying to hide And it. then also uh, Frank Fontaine is the fountainhead. Right. Oh, okay. That right. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then the... Uh, Atlas. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Andrew <laughs> but, Ryan. Schmearing that milieu with like jingoistic Americana, I do think is such a great concept. Mm-hmm. And we now see, I think, Far Cry jumping on that bandwagon with mm-hmm. Far Cry 5. So it introduced a new world and tone. And Adam, you know how much world and tone are important to me. Uh, everything is within the game. So there's a layered, complex story. Uh, and we've been talking about this on several episodes that you don't need to like research, go to Wikipedia, play an ARG. It is unto itself a complete experience. And then as a game, it's fine. I agree. Like the gameplay, the shooting mechanics are fun and fine. They end up rote for the majority of it. And then I would argue that once you get to the phase where you're riding the rails and fighting the handymen and have all the powers unlocked, there is a, there are occasionally feelings of like, man, I'm so badass, the variety yeah. of things I can do, but not often. The rail riding is great. A lot of the times you're just hiding behind a corner, shooting the dudes, moving to the next spot, but it's to get to the next story beat, and the story beats are all so good Most that of them, yeah. it's engaging the whole time. That's me. Player three, give us our final word. Yeah, I feel that the, it's, it's easy to forget how bold a decision this game was story-wise when it came out because... Michael points out, uh, going around the corner, seeing the barbershop quartet. No, no, no. It's when you go into the town square when, um, what's Fink, is singing uh, Goodnight Irene. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you, you hear, you're, uh, the whole prologue of the game, you're hearing about the lottery. You got to go to the, to the lottery. The drawing, it's, yeah. The drawing, yeah. It's going to be fun. And then when you get there and you realize what it is, is that they're stoning a biracial couple. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I think that's right. With baseballs. And then you realize, oh, this is... They because they they put it's there. You just aren't thinking that way because games don't do that. Games don't right. talk about that. So, Shirley Jackson's the lottery, yeah, basically, yeah. But racist, right. like this is a yeah. racist, it's racist society. And, and you're, as and, a point, yeah. and you're one racism. of the townspeople. You're not one of the people being stoned. Yeah, yeah. You're one of the. Pe- they give you the first baseball to throw. Like any, you'd think the first game to have a scene this provocative. 
you'd be the person tied up and you'd escape and teach all the right. racists a lesson because that's what feels good as in a video game. Yeah, but it's so. I can count on one hand, and I don't even need all the fingers. The times that a game story has truly shocked me, and that reveal shocked me. Did really? You didn't know it was coming? No. Interesting. Because uh, I, I even that even the society would be so blatantly racist. That, that yeah. racism was a thing that they were going to talk about in yeah. this game. That's because, true. Like, it's they, it does a couple of things really well, and that 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 relate to uh, Bioshock the original. Um, and I'd followed all the things, all all the coverage leading up to the game. They don't let on that that's in the game, at least not in mm, my memory. Not too much, yeah. So when you get you start the game, you're you 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 get launched up to. <laughs> Uh, the um, Columbia game on. By the way, we're in game on. I would yeah, say. yeah, I think that's fair. This is the bulk of the podcast where it's just go oh, okay. for but it. we're gonna contend with each <laughs> sure. other. Sure, yeah. But now I have a place to shimmy in the sound effect. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing dirty sports scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, guys. I'm home. Everyone knows that it's Dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Uh, so you're walking through there and you're you're encountering all the townsfolk who are generally they're pleasant you're like oh this is weird you don't register that they're all white because that's video games right that's right everybody's white in video games so you don't register the fact that all the only people you are talking to are white Mm -hmm. people um it is 1912 america yeah you, and you know that yes so anyway but we were just talking about how call of duty world war ii you know you're playing a game that is telling the story of a time when the death camps are happening and Mangala is happening, right. but you're pretty confident that they're not going to heavily rub your face in it, and they don't, right? Because it's the safe way to play it with a yeah. video game. That's but legit. Bioshock doesn't do that. No, it Tom, doesn't. Tom's making a super valid point yeah. here. I don't. I'm not trying to undermine it. I'm just right. contextualizing it. And it, that it, that ties into the original Bioshock, where they use 
the blank slate and the fact that you don't really have a choice in everything you do if you want to progress. Right. That they use that. They weave that into the narrative. And it's awesome. And it's in that and that's yeah. the reveal. It's like, oh shit. Um and it's the same here where you're just you you take so many things in this medium for granted that you don't notice when something sort of I don't want to say sinister. I mean it is sinister in the game, but like from a storytelling and an artistic point of view, it's not sinister. It's just um, the, the what's the head developer's name is Ken Levine. Yeah, that's right. Um, and he did the original Bioshock, but not Bioshock Two, which you can feel <laughs> when you play it. You can tell when some, when the the brain that's behind these ideas is at work. Right, yeah. and that was one of those things where it was just like it was taking the medium and sort of using the medium against itself to tell you something. Right, and that's what this moment when that reveal was to me. That's, that's like that is ultimately what makes this as a series Bioshock as a series. Mm-hmm important is that these are these are games that are that can only exist in video games yeah it's a thing i've said to mike many times but it's that's what i feel is really important about bioshock in general and that yeah to me that is the most important part of the game that's the The racial commentary i I think that reveal in the beginning Hmm. is the most important part of the game or the most uh remarkable part of the game Uh, there's a second that it's gonna be about racism that reveal that it is, yeah, yeah. like because it's it hits you like a ton of bricks when oh. you see it. And to me, the most important part of the game is the violin sound it makes when you hack into someone's ocular cavity with your claw. Uh huh. <laughs> that sound it really, every yeah, time. It's really creepy. Makes the game. That's so yeah, when good. you spin, you spin that hook thing. The you claw have. is so like the melee attack in this game is one of the most visceral, upsetting oh, melee yeah. attacks ever. Yeah. You just like bury a, a hook into someone's head and throw them aside. Usually, do you think this game said anything important about racism? Other than mm. it brought it up. Mm. Yes, I think it pointed out that the thing that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. Is that the idea of good old fashioned wholesome, powers. yeah, <laughs> being able to call a murder of crows? Right. Um, <laughs> the idea, the 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 Americana ideal, the yeah. the idea of good old fashioned wholesome family values, Americana, uh, that that America, that idea of, the, uh, of Americanism, of true like you know, that racism is so woven into that that the two mm. are inseparable. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think that it says that. It absolutely says that. And we're dealing with that right now in this country. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because, like, I think you can make both arguments, right? I think this is one of those games that has uh, the true, like, Derrida logic in it, both the case and the anti-case. Because, like, it's a place... This it makes a, sense for a multiple dimension story. Like, exactly. That's yeah. that's the trick here is that, like, because this is multiple cross uh, dimensions and, uh, like, and because, like, this is sort of a fusion of so many different influences, it both makes the racism of the past present tense, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what you're saying and what mm-hmm. makes it so interesting, but also makes it distant enough that you can look at it as a, as a thing that doesn't, isn't real, you know? And that's the point, that's the opposite of what you're saying. Right. You know, uh, where now it's hard to separate the, America, the Americanism from the racism. But could you say that about any movie about racial issues? Because you could say, well, it's still a movie, so it knows it's not real. No, because I think that most of those movies wouldn't dare to introduce fucking dimension hopping and like time travel right. ideas. And, and no, so that's what you I'm know? getting at is the fact that it has fanciful things like a giant robot crow. Right. That makes it distance from it. So do you think yes. 
a fantasy because we interviewed N.K. Jemison for the Crack Podcast, and she writes this great, highly regarded fantasy series right now that deals heavily with race issues in an absolutely like Lord of the Ringsian level of detachment from reality fantasy right. universe. Right. Do you think fantasy that, and sci-fi can't comment on race effects? No, 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 like, not at all. And I'm saying, where's the line? I'm not making what I think the case here is. Yeah. I'm saying that that's what makes this game interesting in some ways is that it both can be a case point and a text for what you're saying, Tom, and also can be a, a text for the opposite point, which is that when you bring up racism as a topic, you can sort of deal with it in a more gentle, distant way when you put it in the context of these impossible sci-fi mergers. It still has to be a video game. But yeah. Like, so it's, it, ha- it, has, it has to pay a couple of different masters. But it doesn't have to be this video game. But I didn't find it soft or gentle. Like the reveal you're talking about, I did find it That's visceral and impactful. But, I, but I think, if you, game, I think yeah. if you did all these stories but took out the multi-dimensional part of it, yeah. it would have been a lot more controversial and painful to play. Maybe. For sure. For sure. I'm not saying that makes it bad. I'm just pointing out these influences. I want to bring up a common complaint I've heard a lot online about that moment Mm -hmm. and see what you guys think, which is that uh, for a game about dimension hopping, infinite possibilities, where the ending is ultimately like rewriting history. I just understood the title. Go ahead. Oh, me too. And doesn't it imply that... uh, the underwater city is actually just a subdimension of. Yeah, it says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it says that it explicitly, explicitly says yeah. it. Yeah. Well, then there's DLCs that are sort of a noir story that takes place. In so could you be Andrew Ryan? Also, is every I I want to see. Are a they version, all related? I want to see a version where you find out you're the only person on Earth. Right. Everyone is you. Well, I then there would have to be an Elizabeth too. Like, yeah. There's only I don't a man think, and a woman. Right. No. I don't think that's what it. I don't think. No. I don't think Booker is also Andrew Ryan. I but. am also Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Um, but no gods, an, only Lincoln. A major complaint <laughs> about a game that's so much about agency was that you can choose to throw the baseball at the biracial couple or throw it at the Barker to show that, hey, I'm not racist, fuck your society, right. or I need to blend in because I'm incognito. But either way, before you throw, your arm gets grabbed and it doesn't change what happens next. That frustrates me. And similarly, that frustrated a lot of gamers. And then similarly, there's a point that seems very important where you choose whether you are represented by a cage symbol or a bird symbol. Right. And it doesn't affect anything or mean anything. I think it gives you a slightly different... I think it does affect something. Packages or something? It does affect something. But nothing substantial. I, I agree. See, that's what I... I and just I, saw a lot of... Com- people felt that Infinite was not interactive enough. And I know, Adam, that's a key point for you with games. <laughs> I, I think it sucks that that, deci- that you don't actually get to make that decision to throw the baseball or not. That's when it's like, fuck me, man. I, am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. So does that like, mean, do you believe if you have the balls to have that scene and the player does click stone the person, you should follow through and yes. show the couple getting fuck stoned? Fuck yeah, you should. Okay. Otherwise, you're bringing up a pageantry... And I'm just like, yep, and that's how well. this place is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Ha-ha. make me participate in it. That's what Bioshock's about. Bioshock is about you're part of this. Like, you're doing it. That's what the first game well, is you about. Are, you literally the, bio, no, the Bioshock is about it. the illusion of choice. Right. And, know, and this game took away the illusion in that moment, I would but say. But I will say that makes me appreciate it on a, a, like a satirical or commentary level I never did that really is strong and striking to me, which is... Uh, yeah, you're saying, well, but you did it. 
yeah, you literally did it because you also formed the society because you are right. a guy. Right, right. Um, and that's a great commentary it about is, how for like sure. from the people on the ground to the like the system is the problem and you are the system. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot of great racial commentary there. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think 100%. it's deeper than I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, yeah, and what do you think about the Vox Populi now having played through the whole game? Like how do you feel about the way that part was treated? Because that's also part of the racial commentary. Yeah, right? um, I think I don't know. Um, they, they, the I forget the leader's name, but they. Uh, I mixed up with the leader from the Fireflies. Like right. they're the same group, used functionally the same in both games. Last of Us. Don't you end up killing her? The Fireflies. No, no. You she, watch her get killed. She gets killed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You watch her get killed behind a glass wall. You can't interact with. That's a, there's a lot of parts of the game where you're like, really, there's just going to be a wall here and I'm going to watch something happen. Somehow the Vox Populi uh, in this game. See, I feel like I'm making the case, case arguing for cases I don't want to have to argue for. But I feel like in like the Vox Populi were not done as well as I wanted them to be. Yeah. And therefore, sort of painted anybody as an ideologue is also a hypocrite. Like, and that's really the message you take away. I think that's, I think that's what they were going for. Like by rebelling, they are also, well, like because she's replaced one maniac with another. Right. Cause she's violent. Like she's kind of ruthless. But that would support, (laughs) maybe we don't want to believe that, but that could be true. I mean, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. It's about the illusion of choice, as you said, Tom. Yeah. Maybe their commentary is a bleak commentary that the system is self-perpetuating and is almost impossible to dismantle. So then the problem becomes, and I, I'm, I feel like I derailed something Tom wanted to say way earlier, but I bet it was this. Probably. The problem becomes that if every single ruler or person or movement is headed by a maniac who ends up taking advantage of things and creating a dystopia, then I don't have to look at the dystopia I'm in and feel mm. that upset about it, which is what... It but takes, you can. It, it takes you, away the 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 commentary. The, the, the requirement of self evaluation, self reflection. This remo- is both, it removes the onus of it. But you're arguing that life owes you some incentive to build towards a utopia. And what if the unfortunate truth is? I'm not saying it is, but what if it is that it that it doesn't that there that we will never have a perfect society. There is no ingrained incentive sure. to work toward that, and the game doesn't have to depict that because it's not how life is. I don't think the game has to do anything, nor does life owe me that. Right. But I do think that uh, it's a proclivity in human beings to want to make their situation better. Or believe it's possible it could get yeah, better. Yeah, I think that's how we are. But and there is a lot of interesting art around the idea that it can't be made better, and I and they could have true. valid points. <laughs> I just, uh, I find that to be a point that has to be done in a way that is really exciting for me to think it matters. Because uh, it's ultimately... That Robot Crow was exciting to me. Right, like that's I That's another thing, just robot the crow. sheer effectiveness of some of the moments. I fucking didn't like the Robot Crow. I'm really, the only one. Yeah, I didn't like it. it scared the shit out of me. I found totally. it very effective. But I liked the... I thought that the the equivalent of the Big Brothers, or Big Daddies, excuse me, were more interesting. Oh, it was a whole ecosystem, which yeah. is an intense gaming innovation that everyone loved, the Big Daddies and everything. Right. But I'm just saying... I'm doffing my cap at the effectiveness of the execution. The yeah. crow was built up to be this big, scary monster, and I was very scared. Of it. Yeah, he was a scary monster. And then when you get to use the crow, it's pretty sweet. It feels <laughs> really great. Yeah, it was great. really cool. Use Songbird. But you're right. As you're playing it, if you played the originals, I do remember being deeply disappointed when I realized... The crow's just going to be a standard boss you face off with a few times. Right. There's not going to be an ecosystem of big daddies that I Correct. manipulate. Oh, okay. 
I, I just don't think this game is as good as the first game at making you participate in the morality that it's talking about. Like, Bioshock is gutsy because it, as a series because it takes on moral questions, racist questions, societal questions. And I think that's awesome. I love it. Well, this game was worse at making me participate in the element of choice, even if it's an illusion, than Bioshock 1 was. You know, and that sucks. I like it should be better than that. I think, you know, and I'm just making the case for the negative. I think this game's great, but what was the satirical or commentary level of the first one? Would you say because you're saying it does a better job of making you engage in the morality? And I agree in the sense that the ecosystem invites you to make basic choices like do I kill the sister or little not? girl or yeah, do, right? Or do and I make the game way harder for myself to avoid doing that? And I can you can manipulate the big daddies in certain ways. But that's exactly. a very basic moral choice, like that's but it, purely but philosophical. Like hurt an innocent or don't. Is there a social critique in the first one? Because I haven't thought deeply enough about it to. I mean, I know it touches on Ayn Randian philosophy, not, but not, is not that a, really a social critique? Not in a way that lets you. I mean, you you get to make a couple of decisions in the game, but there's never really one that sort of hinges on that like it never you're never you're never called upon to make a judgment about the society really and uh, it's not, i would say what you do with the little sisters is a form of judgment on the society yeah but you find out that's true as the game goes along because the game is fundamentally about like learning what happened to these people when they were able to enhance themselves beyond their human capacity and like the cost of that, mm-hmm. and you have been participating in that process the whole time. Like that's what the game's about, and that's cool. You know, I think it's less poignant than Bioshock Infinite's it's critique cool, about but, uh, yeah. American I'm just society. Is. To what end? Because it's sure. like it's a shame that they didn't combine those two ideas because the one is more immersive, but is just saying. It's kind of like the classic trolley problem, right? If could you flip a switch to kill mm-hmm. two people and 100%. save one? Yeah. And so it's like an interesting, fun philosophical game. The other one's like, let's talk about America's problem with race, but it's not as immersive. It's more at a distance. It's a shame it's, that it was you're split watching up that way. America's problem with race depicted in a way, and this is just my opinion, depicted in a way that makes you conscious of it, but don't feel like you're dealing with present tense problems. Now it seems impossible to escape it because of how life has gone in the last four mm-hmm. years. But at the time, that's not how I remember the game feeling. But that might just well, be my ignorance. It's funny, you know? I also just think games are so devoid of any commentary or gripping yeah. narratives. That's true. Particularly it, AAA games like this. It's they, still they monumental avoid that, like, the that they did it yeah. at all. Yeah, very much so. They don't want to do anything that's going to challenge people in that way because they want to. it's got to be a four-quadrant. Totally you know, agree. Right. Be, it's got to be sold to everybody. And like, they, what they, if they added... There's a, an ecosystem component to Infinite that where it was like a set of biracial people and you had to like, that's almost yeah. too, I think it's interesting, but they probably with their AAA game are just, I'm sorry, that will be too edgy and alienate too many people. <laughs> I mean, how could, like, they went pretty far on, they like, did. in this game. Like, they, they were did. gutsy. There's another level to this too that I don't see that gets discussed a lot. Yeah. But this game is a pretty severe indictment of mormonism i mean i said yeah. that in my opening thing where it's a guy's a mormon it's well, never explicitly said but he's a cultist you know what it's makes mormonism you, i thought you it's were joking close. but now you're saying no i'm saying it it's is mormonism. mormonism what's the he's not, he's not a polygamist um the church you go into at the beginning is okay. tabernacle it, yeah. it's does yeah, it yes. have the gold and they on top that well it's the men and women are separated on different sides yeah um that's that's old-timey uh presbyterian slash 
fundamentalist Christian too. It's contemporary Mormonism yeah. as well. But right. <laughs> like a right, right, lot right. Of, That's true. Um, but I wonder if they were going off saying like, let's slyly reference Mormonism or they did research and saw old pictures of Presbyterian services in 1912 and went off that when they were designing that. Probably moment. a bit of column A and column a bit B. Of column a, a little bit of column B. Yeah. There's, there's more, but like I was playing it with, um, uh, my wife, Marina, who, uh, is uh, ex LDS? Oh, I didn't know that. That's Recovering Mormon. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> and as we're playing it, she's pointing. I, 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 it's been a minute. It's yeah. been a while since I played it. Yeah. I should have had her come in here. But uh, as I'm playing through the game, she'd just be pointing at stuff like, "Yep, that's, <laughs> that's this yeah. is all Mormonism." Wow. <laughs> it's. I mean, even even the appearance of Comstock uh, himself. Comstock is right. It, like is reflected. And now of it's that. coming back to me like when you're drowning at the last second. Your magic underwear try to save you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah, right, right, right. right. Drown him in the baptismal <laughs> font. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it is polygamy. Is it polygamy if you're married to one person but in infinite dimensions? I mean, that's a whole other set of problems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I think you, you. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh yeah, because he's a prophet. He calls himself a prophet. He's got a new revelation that's yeah. like related to Christianity, but it's its own But it's thing. like tangible. And for the yeah, people yeah. haven't played, the main thread is it's the city on the hill parable. Right. Um, and they believe that they're, he believes he's going to oversee like a second flood, but it's going to be because they're going to bomb the earth from above in well, their floating he, city. And, and he literally flees, he literally flees with a community into a sort of promised land the way that the Mormons yeah. And makes active plans to scourge the rest yeah. of the earth of life. Well, <laughs> I mean, they literally do bomb china right like they participate yeah. in some war yeah, that, that's yeah. referenced in it no he the the figure was in a war that existed in the 1890s the I civil no columbia war, right? i almost Booker positive was in the civil war and then he was in the there was a, a rebellion war no no there was a rebellion okay. that's a, the boxer rebellion the boxer oh right rebellion. right right yeah. that's that a real china, thing yeah. that's what I'm, you're referring to i think i we're gonna have to check but i'm pretty sure that columbia does bomb or, or participate in the Box Rebellion somehow. That's totally possible. I thought it was just they were commemorating this guy's life story and that he did this. Well, we're digging Because in when the you're plot? playing oh. as Booker, he's playing it and you can hear the shame in his voice at having done this. And that. Yeah, and, and then one of know. the characters is like an old commander that he yes. remembers. Yeah, and that's where you start to make the connection point. Like, yeah. Oh. Well, we're digging in a plot. I can. It can either of you fully explain to me to my satisfaction or is it just like shuffled off to multidimensional magic exactly physically how the two scientists fit into the plot. So like what their agenda is, why they appear when they do and why they do the things they do. I mean, I, I want to say that the two scientists is just one scientist, but from different, different options, like different dimensions where yeah. one of them, where she wasn't a woman, where she was a man. Mm. And she's a man. She's baby. a man, baby. She's a scientist, baby. We're doing, we're doing Austin Powers references on this podcast. Welcome 2018. to twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Uh, Somebody stop us. <laughs> we're I, scorching. So, That's so, right, scorching. <laughs> we're real one. That's a Maze Runner scorch trials reference. I got uh, that. He would love. I, I want to say scorch. that most of the information about how they matter comes about in the last area where you get like more of her tapes. Or fucking whatever they're called. Or when you're going on the gondola and you see a series of them yeah. doing scenes from throughout their lives. And I'm I pretty think- sure that she was part of the... 
like she and Comstock knew each other, and she was what made the place able to fly, right? And able to and all the multi-dimensional happenings. Yeah, right. I don't know how they possible. met. That that part's not clear to me. Do you know? I can't remember. The main thing I'm interrogating is I don't know why they want to help you or hinder you, or why when they in- interact with the plot, this, why they choose to do what this they is do what from I their think. point of view. This yeah. is what I think. So again, all of the Christian mythology stuff that this is drawing on draws on the same sort of set of facts, right? Which is the puritanical leaving of the homeland into its own sort of... And I think because they were oppressed. Leave the sinners behind, yeah. Right, and also, like, this is a place where we're free to worship the way we want to, right? Like, that's in American history. I think that's the appeal for this woman, is that she's allowed to conduct these, like, semi-legal experiments in this commune. Her religion is French Correct. science. And it, <laughs> and, it co- and it, you know, coalesces with Comstock's view of himself. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure that the traveling between dimensions was a way of, they say this and I forgot, but it was like sort of, he needed to capture Elizabeth right, to when bring she was her a child. Dimension. Yeah. For yeah. Some reason he just other. wanted his daughter back. So he stole one. From because Booker dimension. was a mess or whatever. You right. Know, like that, that, that version of himself was a hot mess. Yeah. yeah and he's trying to correct the past. Right. Because there's, there's, there's two different, he needed a thimble. There's something with, it's all about transporting this thimble via her pinky through the dimensional gate. No, that joke didn't scare no, me. Sorry. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> the tip of her she, pinky she gets cut off. She the tip of her off. finger by the portal, yeah. Right. Her, her, it's a thimble. <laughs> Would have been funnier <laughs> if it was the top hat pinky. That's fair. Or the little metal dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's all I can understand about why they would okay. be involved. I don't yeah. know what, I mean, otherwise, other than Comstock's a madman, we should stop him. Uh, yeah, I think, that, yeah, I think. She's Einstein. The, the Lutesses you know? are just like. Okay, this is wrong. We have to yeah, repair. This we went to, too far. We have to repair the damage that we've allowed to happen. Right. Yeah. It's you know everybody who works with these fucking egomaniacs ends up repenting in Bioshock. It's basically to stop Comstock because right. their ultimate goal is you know they bring all of the different Elizabeths together because when when Booker and Comstock split is when he gets baptized in the river like. Yes. Half of the infinites choose not to and become Booker, the alcoholic Pinkerton detective. Right. And then half of them choose to accept to, faith into their heart. And right. then they become and it evil, goes to their head. evil yeah. racist <laughs> floating madman, floating racism. Um, <laughs> There's a message for you. Yeah. Don't get baptized. You'll go evil. <laughs> what was the line? Wasn't that like the first escort mission where you're like, I'm here to kill these people for loving America <laughs> That's too much? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> to kill all these goddamn Americans. <laughs> that was the first one we ever did. Yeah. 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 And it was a single shot yeah. with no cuts, which no one appreciates or cared about, so we never did it again. <laughs> yeah. It was really hard, much harder than all the other ones. <laughs> it was it really was very difficult. No teleprompter. Well, because there was a lot of snacking, too. Like <laughs> Greg was eating yeah. a lot of food in that take. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think their goal was just to merge, not all the worlds, because they can't do that, but like merge all of the Comstocks and Bookers together. Did they need to? So if it's Terminator rules and your goal is basically to kill this guy bef- or stop him, well, they kill him. So to ki- to cause this guy to die in every universe where he eventually becomes evil to sort of purge all the timelines right, of this the evil loop, guy. If you will. Mm-hmm. Could they not have teleported in, shot him in the back of the head looper style and been gone? They would have had to do it infinite times. Does it have to poetically end with I his th- daughters drowning him at his baptism? It's, <laughs> it doesn't it's, have to, it doesn't, but it's cool. It right. is cool, but, but it's saying, real cool. Yeah. No, I think, because you run into, it's anything that deals with time travel is... Gets messy. It's a paradox. You, yeah. it's, it's, you, can't, you can't solve it. 
But I think they're coming from like if they just try to do the let's just go and shoot him thing, they would have to do that infinite times. So then, why does drowning him only have to? They're merging once? them. I think is is what the point is. What causes them? To, <laughs> I don't I'm like know. a child wandering into the movie. I've played this game through twice. What causes them to merge the universes to begin merging? Is it something that happens in the plot, or does it just start happening? I don't think we know. It's. Cause I'm, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely contrived in a way so that the gamer understands everything that's happened by the end. Yeah. And yeah. one presumes that, I mean, at, at no point in the timeline was this person drowned. They don't get drowned right. when you get baptized. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So the drowning might be the point where neither man emerges, right? Because he doesn't reject baptism and he doesn't accept baptism. He just drowns. Or so maybe. So that ends the loop, right? That's the idea. Maybe. In the baptism you experienced near the beginning of the game, you actually drowned, and the rest of the game is just a, fever a dream. drowning drunk right. thinking right. about how he could well, get yeah, his daughter get, back. Yeah, if they get the Breaking every, Bad every Elis- I think that Oh, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing every Elizabeth in every possible world yes. coming to Booker at that point when he's yes. going into the river, and they drown him before he becomes... And All of the, the book is only represented as one, but we're supposed to understand that... But we see many Elizabeths. There are infinite bookers who are all occupying the same point in space, mm-hmm. being drowned at the same time. That makes sense. Yeah. My follow-up question is, and that all happens thanks to the fact that Elizabeth has the power to interact with mm-hmm. dimensionality. Right. Why? What happened to her? Did she get struck by lightning? Is it she's, just the mutant power? She's brilliant, Born right? that way? I think it's because a piece of her is in different worlds, right? I don't it's remember. because but of the pinky was, thing? I think she's a special child, though, I think is... A special child. That's why they went back and took she's her. I forgot child. this part of the plot. <laughs> but I, can I say this? Like, I guess I want to pivot. Do you mind if Would I you pivot? pivot to gameplay yeah. mechanics? So do you think this game has helped or hurt by the, the sort of, I'll call it, slavish addiction to the big daddy little sister dynamic? I don't know what you mean by help I don't or hurt think, in this context. I don't think it, it exists in this game. It does. Right. Elizabeth is a little sister and you're a big daddy. Oh, and yeah. And like, it's the same exact, like, like they keep repeating the beats everywhere. But in story. But if we're yeah. pivoting to gameplay, I would say there's no component of the underlying gameplay of the big daddy little sister ecosystem in Infinite. Well, you're playing as a figure protecting the little sister who helps you. Right, but as you said, you don't make any active moral choice over and over of whether to that kill part, and that part, vitality no. or not. That part, no. But, but but it's a story echo of yeah, yeah. And the game is 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 formed by that echo. And you're not a big daddy because big daddies don't have a specific past and agenda and things to do. Right. They're they're ciphers. But who formally, only live to do one thing. But formally, you you are right. But if people haven't played the game, I want them to know you don't play as a big daddy Fair in enough. Infinite. Fair enough. I guess we don't have a strong opinion on that. To me, I, my I opinion, feel like it doesn't exist in this game, yeah. I think it does. I, I yeah, mean, clearly. It could be, I feel it like could it exists be, as a wink, but it like doesn't matter that much. Yeah. I think, it, I, think, I think this game is a little beholden to... It took a lot of things from Bioshock that it didn't need to. Like, that's just my opinion. It, some of them are... I think that the use of the... The plasmids. The plasmids. And they're all worse because they're all supposed to be old-timey. And yeah. that means they're all dumb. No, in this game where things do try to be steampunk, which I would define as having fanciful things but depicted as if you're taking them seriously. Right. The idea that you drink a potion and gain a new ability is silly. Yeah. Is shocking. And that the potions are like 
purchasable by the people in the society? Right. Why does everyone you meet not already have 20 powers? They're weirdly wellness tonics, yeah. And also, they don't do the, that great of a job of figuring out how they cross-pollinated that idea. I know they, t- they sort of wink at it, but they don't. It's, I think the idea is that they're poaching from science from other dimensions. Like, yes. uh, is it Fink's brother who's taken all the music? I think, I think so, that's yeah. right. Um, I think it's an example. I think it's we're, that's what we're supposed to understand. Right. He hops, but why does every dimension? So every scientist in all the multiverse, very different things. They're like, I figured out how to force push. I figured out how to summon a tentacle from beyond. I figured out how to make people turn into crows when they die. It's always <laughs> a potion. Yeah, like boil that down, to make a it a potion. How do, <laughs> that how do we like, make this a drinkable tonic? That seems like the one thing the scientist from 1912 contributed to. It. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like, I gotta make a drinkable, son. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's gotta be drinkable. It's the yeah. only way it'll sell. None of this syringe stuff. Nobody's gonna do it. Yeah. Right, it can't be a ray. People won't cotton to it. You gotta pull that down the gullet, otherwise people aren't gonna take it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that in this game, they aren't... It, Bioshock makes a cool dynamic of like half magic, half guns. It's like, you know, that's cool. I just think that this game got worse by holding on to that idea in a way that was like, eh. And I also think that even though playing with Elizabeth was more fun than most other escort missions, and this is like one long escort mission, uh, and fine. The I, moments when she throws you shit that's are cool. very satisfying, yeah. That's cool. And also she gives you, you powers of like finding stuff in other dimensions. Right, and, and yeah, she also, I think it's, it it uh, it undercuts that the escort mission trope by she yes. doesn't need your goddamn help right she doesn't need <laughs> like, right and that is the one like I said towards the end game I did think there were some battlefields where I was like this is what I wanted the whole time like I'm opening a tear that does that but yeah. then I got to hop the rail yeah. then I'm just doing some shooting and then I got to change the tear and get yeah. a different weapon the variety felt really fun but not every room felt balanced so here's here's my big dumb critique of this i just think the gunplay i don't think any single element that they did is done that well and i know that sounds like what it's, it's not fun. done better than games that do it better it's done fine well but games have been doing it better for decades like so i'm going to pick out like an old game remember turok dinosaur hunter <laughs> yes. love it remember that fucking game so the first game for me to introduce the concept of strafing with one hand and looking with the other. Yeah. The very first game. Yeah. So I like, I feel like that was a crucial game because my brain started to split. I developed the ability that is now needed for every game. An, <laughs> an equally fanciful idea, right? It's, it's like there's aliens and shit in that game. Mm-hmm. And one of the things it does so well is give you an interesting variety of gunplay. Right, like you, there's a lot of crazy guns in that game, right? And it's not more science. It's not more sci-fi than this game is. It's not even close. So why am I fucking stuck with eight different carbine rifles, or like you know four different weird bad submachine guns? Right, you could have gotten a rail or, gun, and that shit matters, the, and it would work with the story, no problem. Like it yeah. sounds dumb, but like the reason we venerate Half Life Two is because of the gravity gun, and the reason if, the new Doom I think is satisfying yeah. is because. You just spin Guns the wheel. Every funny. gun feels different and it's fun. <laughs> and yeah. you know what? That's the game. Like, that's more important than the fucking dimensional rifts and the little sister shit. Like, give me good guns. I guess that's why I thought of, because the plasmid powers are extremely varied. So I thought but of that not, as none my of them primary weapon. And then the gun is just a tool that kills the things once they're wrapped up or floating or whatever I do. Yeah. To them. <laughs> I use the I use the Bronco one a lot. And I yep, used... Bronco bu- uh, yeah. yeah, Bronco Buster. And then I used... Uh, <laughs> 
What's the name of the? the I think the elect the electricity one. Yep. Yeah. Because the rest Electro of them were kind of eh. <laughs> You know, like what were the other ones that were even any good? I really like the tentacle. The I mean, I th- the fire I found that hard amazing, to use. Grab and throw. It's, like, it's there's the the combos were still the same. You yes. shock somebody, hit him with the wrench. Right. Like even bio. Like, like excuse me. Even um, Mass Effect. Right, which is again psychic powers or tech powers plus guns. But I would argue the shooting in Mass Effect feels even clunkier. It's way clunkier, but they find more interesting ways to deploy the powers. Like you can do power combos. You can do like uh, just different like scenarios and approach shootouts differently. And you can't do that in Bioshock, and that's all it is. Do you feel Bioshock One had that? Like, were there more power? Were the plasmids a, more engaging than they are? It in was a new film? idea to me then. That's. So it's hard to say. But I don't feel like it devolved. It was just as unengaging as... Like, Bioshock 1 was gets more credit because it was ahead of its time, but right. it's not like the shooting is some of the best. It's not as good as Goldeneye. Uh, I would say in terms of like how visceral each shot feels. <laughs> That's, That's fair. True. Bioshock 1 is more of a horror game, is part of it, mm-hmm. than this game is. So like, not having as cool a guns works better. Because you're scared. I just realized what like, this game is a good Black Mirror episode. It's it really the exact is. exact tone yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Uh, you know, and also, like, Bioshock 1 was, what, seven years before this game? Something like that? Yeah. 98. So it should be 98. 2008. <laughs> it should be better. I mean, I know this sounds like a, like a picky thing, but, like, to me, a first-person shooter must first be a shooter. Like, it has to be great at that. That's like, even all after all the shit I've said about Destiny 1, about how it's not great in so many ways, you know what it's real fucking good at? Guns. The gunplay. Real good at that. And this game's not that good at it. You know? Tell me I'm wrong. Do you disagree? I don't think it's as mediocre as your tone implies. I think it's decent. Not, out, of, out of 100, not what do you give it? 70. 70? What do so you give it? So a C, I guess. Yeah, I'd probably give it around, like, yeah, like a 65, That's, that's 70. probably what I would give it, too. Like, but that's not very good for a game that's no, a classic but it's not, game. It's not, right, it's whereas not, Destiny's like a 92 or yeah, something. Yeah, definitely. It's much more impressive. Right, right. It's, yeah, it, whereas Destiny is a game that's great, but I don't give a shit about anything that's happening. Legit. Agreed. So and like, that's a big problem. The other is way more important. Like, I have to care about what I'm doing. I don't I know agree. why it's so rare that we can't get both. I almost never see a game where I give a shit. Like... I love Last of Us, which we're going to talk about today as right. well, but we had to talk about it, and Adam convinced me that I'm like, you're right. It's not innovative. It's just good. Just being good doesn't make it innovative. God damn it. That's right. Why well, can't something have the perfect gameplay, great story? And like, It's very the, the, rare. The thing that- Psychonauts is my favorite game ever because I give so much of a shit about it, but I'm not going to argue with you when you say the there's better hell. platformers out there in terms of the feel. I'm like, yeah, there yeah, are. I, the, the, the point... For me, is whether or not the game, the gameplay, uh, whether whether or not the two get in each other's way, right? Which and, it doesn't in this and game. it doesn't in Bioshock. Yeah. That never happens. No. Um, and I think that is what makes a game great uh-huh. is when both elements are done well, and, well, well, enough. well enough and engaging enough, and don't get in each other's way. And that's by that's, I think that's it's such a strange. That's uh, such a strange concession I have to make to you to say, like, I think that's right. <laughs> because that suggests that still video games are two things. There's the fucking game loop, and then there's the story, which is a thing you I and I debate all the time. I think we've discovered a primal tension that is now coloring my whole understanding of the medium. Right. Which is that their games are the, uh, a medium that is two things. Yes. The interactive component and the story component. And they are 
so interestingly at odds that you'll rarely even see a developer who pays enough attention to both. The games that have the best interactivity and most innovation around gameplay seem to deprioritize story elements. And if the story blew you away, if you think about it hard, the game probably wasn't that fun or That's innovative. the issue. You know, it's crazy that like that's why I we can't focus on both at once. That's somehow. why I always venerated Bioshock One more than this game, more than Infinite, because to me, at least as a young gamer at twenty seven or whenever when I played that game for the first time, that was like whoa. Both things are great here. Both the game and the story are great. And that's why I'm being so hard on Infinite, because it didn't get any better, in my opinion. Any opinions on System Shock, the original? I didn't play System Shock. No? Tom? I haven't played it. I have it on Steam, though. Great. Give it a shot. It's excellent. So I think we've covered the gameplay. Yeah, we should move into our final phase. That's fair. I I just wanted... There was just one other thing I wanted to say about this game. So, like, uh, do you think it's valid to bring up a context as emotion like or excuse me I, i'm gonna rephrase this so do you think that because history has gone the way that it has with like our sort of american racism that this game has become more or less good i think it was always relevant what it was saying sure. about what it was saying about americanism its connection to religion sure and and how that is not is is woven in with racism yeah. i think that was always going to be relevant interesting it was always relevant because, of course, racism didn't pop up just now that it's culturally right. people are more aware. Uh, it's always been at that level, if not worse, as you go back in the past. So it was always relevant. But I do. So I just think we're living in a time where people of color uh, are rightly drawing attention to the issues. And yeah. so the game takes on a new luster. But like you and I both all know from the Twitter sphere that like a lot of people of color have made the joke of like, welcome to the party, white people, of like being worried about these issues. We were I've always been aware of all these. I issues. had a friend who literally said that to me. Right. Yeah. They're just back burner for you. Like, you know, racism hasn't been defeated and it's still out there, but right. you don't think about it on a daily basis. Right. Um, so I just think we're living in a time where it's great. It's almost it's a second civil rights movement, like a moment where society has enough wherewithal to focus on it for a minute. But even when you're not focused on an issue, those systemic issues still exist. That's but, my point. But we all. So that's fair. I, I guess I would just say and I don't want to belabor this too much. We do credit works of art for being in proximity to the in, historical moment. Yeah, that's true. Like, like, uh, for instance, uh, Ryan Coogler made that movie uh, Fruitvale, Fruitvale Station. Station that came out right before uh, the shooting of uh, Trayvon Martin. Yes, and like, was that movie relevant before that happened? Of course, it was great. And because it, <laughs> because but, Fruitvale Station had already happened. Right, exactly. Based on an actual exactly. Thing that happened, but yeah. like, but also the proximity of it to a ma- a massive yes. like national event it made us appreciate a, how great this movie was. In it a way, was we both might a well made movie, and yeah. it came out exactly when everyone's like, "I need a narrative explaining this madness." To yeah, me. and they're and, like, "This one." And does here. Bioshock get that? Maybe it's too far away. I think it's a little. Early, because to me, Far Cry Five, which is coming out still at the time of this recording, is attempting to ca- to capitalize. They're catching on that. the wave. They're yeah. just like capitalizing on yeah. Let's Whereas make Bioshock was legitimately ahead of it and thought and thoughtful about it. We'll see how much Far Cry addresses racism. I think they I think might side. To, right? eh, they might. It's in Montana. 
it's, I guess I don't know what that means. Yeah. They might sidestep it and just have the people be like crazy, crazy, like psychos. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, so Bioshock <laughs> One is, if I remember it correctly, also had the overtones of this is a racist society. Like that's not new to the series. It had, I would say, classism more than racism because it, it leaned into the Ayn Randian thing, and all the text and like audio logs were about like, but they're of the lower class. They're right. fucking. They they live in steerage. Cause, it was like that Titanic vibe. Because like <laughs> Infinite, the racism from Infinite is like right is like just post Civil War racism, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not just black people; it's Irish people. It's, right, you know, like right. Italian it's Americans like, are still considered of color, people of color. I, yeah, I think Irish. Time, yeah, yeah, like there's a so it's like it's it's focusing on that era of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe it was a little more subtle in Bioshock One, but I don't. I seem to remember there being like working class people who were clearly not white. Um, well, I don't think any of the characters in the first game are black. I think the Are you only, sure we don't get like like video, like I'm audio not, logs I'm about not that? Pos- I'm trying I to think of all do. the audio logs. The only non-white character I can remember is uh, the 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 doctor that makes the big daddies. He's Asian. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't treat him worse. I want to say that right? Or no, I, I mean the the society doesn't. Um, we don't know enough to address this. Yeah, right I now. can't. In the, I mean, it's in the second game. Don't we? Don't they? Make it's in comment- the se- it's in the second game. I don't know if it's in the first game. Don't they make commentary about? Uh, the artist's Judaism, maybe because he's yeah. he's Jewish, right? There's Cohen, anti-Semitism. That's true. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, what was his name? Cohen, Co- Sander Cohen. Yeah, Sander oh Cohen. man, that's my favorite section of the game. It's, that, it's that, fucking that awesome. That fucking yeah. maniac. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, just wearing mime makeup all the time. But I just. <laughs> but it makes sense if I mean. I'm just bringing this up to like. If is one this game, true? I mean, if you're going to invoke Ayn Rand, I think it makes sense that. If in one major game you're going to talk about systemic racism and another one you're going to talk about wealth disparity, I'd buy that 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 it splits up that way. Legit. That makes There's sense overlap, that the same yeah. person would talk about both. Those are the two big driving oppressive yeah. factors in our world. We should move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So My we'll, fault. We'll close out this episode with a little thing we call, what are we calling it? Keep or delete. Keep or delete. Okay. Everyone keeps saying save, but no, I like save or delete. Keep, keep or delete rolls off my keep tongue. Keep or delete has the assonance of the long E sound that you yeah. like. Love it. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, guys. I'm home. Everyone knows that it's Dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. 
Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Um, Which is basically, I mean, you'll know the drill. It's yeah. like if there were, say, a golden record. Right, sure. Or let's say extraterrestrial beings were going to view this movie. I mean, <laughs> game, play this game. Sure. Uh, yeah. Do you think this is a, a great Avatar and representative of its genre? Or, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Does God... Start with Tom. Does God approve of this game? 100%. You are God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You keep it? Tom keeps it? Yeah. I think for what it does, I mean, yeah, it's it's a uh, average for a shooter, but every I think is a using the medium for what it does, um, the kinds of things that it does with its narrative, uh, the things that it addresses. I think, yeah, absolutely, you keep this game. If you can only keep one Bioshock, is it infinite? <sighs> I knew that'd be harder. Oh man, <laughs> well, we should all answer before we say answer that question. You think we should all answer both? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But let him answer that question. Let's oh, see. okay. You want me to answer yeah, that question? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's legitimately very hard. This is the longest pause we've had on any yeah, episode of this. Yeah, that's a very yeah. hard question. I think it because it strikes at this tension we've uncovered. One is clearly more innovative in the gameplay sector, and one is has a better story. <laughs> Which is more important to you? Or do you think, see, the look on Adam's face says he thinks Bioshock 1 has a better story as well. Oh, man. I'm going to let Tom answer first. Gosh, that is real hard. Because um, they're both still relevant. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, like, the aliens like you're, are watching. So right, you're, you're saying it's, it's an important the, 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 the two main issues with our society is economic disparity and yeah. racism. Yeah. And this, that's what these delete, games are about. Keep or delete wouldn't have any tension if we didn't force it down to... It wouldn't, know, the, be, it wouldn't be a great gimmick of, from a spectacular podcast exactly. if you didn't have to make the a choice. The hard drive has to be of limited size. Yeah. I will delete Bioshock Infinite in the interest of keeping Bioshock if 1. If you can only keep one? Yeah. But what if you don't have to? Then I'd keep both. Yeah, yeah I'd keep both. Because sometimes you can. Okay. Like I would say, like I'm, there's going to be five is, Super Marios on this. The segments hard drive. rules are not fully fleshed out. We because discover we, them as because we go. Because we didn't say like, is it 200 gigabytes or whatever? That's what I. Yeah, but like, that's what I if you think of it as like a top 200 games of all time or something like that, probably are, are yeah. both these games on there. I think both of those games are in a top 200 list, almost certainly. Yeah. Actually, for me, this is so weird to say because it's the reverse of what you'd think from what I just said. Right. If you think of it that way, just top 200 list, infinite makes it for me, and one does not. That's bananas. Because uh, my list is entirely story driven. Like what enough. floats up the list is about what stories engage me. That's really strange to me. <laughs> uh, I can't understand that. I I, I will say uh, my answer is exactly yours. I would keep this game in a list of two hundred of all time. I would if I have to keep a Bioshock, it's definitely one. I think one is better and more innovative and interesting, and we should talk about that one on a podcast. System sometime. Shock Bioshock is great though. Episode, yeah. You yeah. should play System Shock. Yeah, it's dope. I would also say that. Again, I don't want to diminish the pow- the potent things this game says, but like it does dilute them. 
oh, as yeah. time goes it on. It is a game. And it well, and it doesn't really come out and swing that hard, as hard as it wanted to swing for the context that it brought up. No, it's more like and it should uh, have. We it have, should have. You sure. know the phrase save the cat, like in the early scenes of your movie, have the hero do something right. objectively good, like save a kitten. Right. So everyone loves them. I feel like it was used more as a reverse save the cat. Like Agreed. get in here, show them being blatantly racist and violent. We've established they're the villains. Now you can kill a thousand we, of them. We've described this game as being a racial commentary. And in truth, it's less a racial commentary than it is about sort of religious oppression. You know, like it's well, more about that and than even it more is than about that, racism. If you divided it up into time spent playing more than either of those, it's a game. So it's just sure, a fun sure. adventure. Sure, sure. Like the major, like falling out of the blimp and landing on the beach that's doesn't is not but yeah. it, that's not commentary up, on anything. Walking just, up the beach looking for coins, listening yeah. to an old like accordion version of girls just want to have yeah. fun. It's, They're just trying to think what would be cool and fun to have and it was. which a game should do. Yeah. I, I also <laughs> feel like I didn't give this game enough credit for the rail writing system in terms of gameplay because that was very different than Bioshock One and it was fun. And I will Real say fun. when the handyman entered the field, it gave me Something of the feeling of, oh, shit, a big daddy's entering the yeah. field. They do feel monumental. They're okay. Yeah. They're okay. They're yeah, not as the good Iron as Patriots. big... They're not as yeah. cool as big daddies, for sure. I, I, yeah, I just didn't care about those guys uh, because their story was a little... They're basically just the late stage enemy with more armor, yeah. Where, and see, again, like I just think... and I, I hate being this guy, but like in the original Bioshock, you're killing dope fiends like and people who are really uh-huh. distorted and fucked up mm-hmm. and it feels fucked up when you do it and it's bloody and mean this is just a bunch of cops you're just killing it's like a GTA version of BioShock and but that's they're like all racist or clans <laughs> yeah they're all racist but they're so all are you racist. so is your I mean, guy when you're at the civil war museum you're basically just killing clans right, <laughs> like exactly. it's a, just a cadre right. of racist and I don't mean assholes. to I mean that's a satisfying thing but your guy's also a racist let's not forget that uh, it depends uh, I'm pretty sure he is but really because I like to f- I don't understand. He's got them. some old views. He but, says them as he goes no, along. No, but I am him, and by playing that bit, then you're not racist. I chose to throw the baseball at the promoter. Is that really the only time that and Booker's opinions on that? I decided that in my mind, I did that because I think racism's despicable. So, isn't in my version of this game? Doesn't Booker agree with me? I am him. I don't know because <laughs> because he. That's I mean again. That's what another thing makes this game unique. He has a point of view. It doesn't change. What does he say that's I I when you say old fat I don't remember any game dialogue from Booker that is racist. I don't remember it offhand either, but he says a lot of things that surprised me. Okay. I'm just saying, mm. like our, it, he's a defined character. We yeah. don't we don't narrate we don't change his story that much. You know? No, I know, and he's like cynical and burned out, but I don't remember him being racist, but maybe I didn't notice. Might not have. All right. They probably were pretty careful about that. Do we have an answer from Tom? On which Bioshock to keep? If I can only keep one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's probably one. Mm-hmm. one. That's correct. That's and the that right answer. brings the, the episode to a successful conclusion. We're glad you made it, Tom. Thanks for coming <laughs> Thanks out. for being here, Tom. Yeah. Sorry yeah. I was late. We'll oh, see okay. you guys next. No, <laughs> you didn't need to tell them. <laughs> I want them to know. <laughs> All right. Bring out the okay. beating sticks. Peaks a little bit, but I'll get it in editing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Work complete. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.